Hi, friends. It's Melanie Brown here. If you're listening to this podcast according to the scheduled release date, that means we're less than a week away from Christmas. Have you been busy decorating, shopping, wrapping gifts, mailing cards, hosting parties, exchanging ornaments, baking cookies, attending school performances, cooking, cleaning, and organizing? Sounds exhilarating and exhausting, right? All the activities I just listed are important and make for a meaningful Christmas. But I've also heard it said even good things can become bad things if they keep you from the best thing. And the best thing is Jesus. Perhaps this would be a good time for all of us to take a collective deep breath and just pause for a few moments as we refocus our attention and energy on what Advent is all about, and that's the arrival of Jesus. We don't want to miss out, and we don't want to miss Him. I've titled this message, Don't Miss Christ in Christmas. During His first Advent, we know that many people did miss that first Christmas when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. In fact, most people in the world missed it. Why did they miss the birth of Jesus? I think one of the reasons is because they were distracted. They were distracted. Pastor Greg points out in his book, Heaven's Light Breaking, that for the most part, people weren't really paying attention. Paying attention requires watching, listening, or thinking about something or someone carefully. If we're not intentional about keeping Jesus at the focal point of this holiday, we too can get distracted and miss Christ in Christmas. You know, we're not going to find Jesus in the frenzy of holiday shopping. He's not displayed on storefront windows online or in Christmas catalogs. The world is not promoting him. So as believers, we have to put some strategies into place so that we don't get distracted. We need to purpose in our hearts to make him a priority. I think the best thing we can do is start our day seeking the Lord in prayer, worship, and in his word. Please hear my heart on this. I'm not suggesting another activity to add to your already overwhelming to-do list. What I hope to remind you of is that the Lord loves you, and He longs to have a relationship with you and a conversation with you. He will meet you in His Word. That's the primary way that He speaks to us. I've heard it said that when we open our Bibles, God opens His mouth. He wants to encourage you, strengthen, and guide you. One of my favorite verses is Psalms 27, 8 that says, My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Psalm 5, 3 says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. When we start our morning praying, which basically means talking with God, and reading His Word, which is hearing Him talk to us, we can be prepared to face whatever challenges the day or the season might bring. I know that this is the place where I gain perspective, gather strength. It's where I'm gently corrected if needed, where He teaches me and He shapes me. It's in this time together that I fall more in love with Him. He's the one worthy of our attention, isn't he? 
I read that the average adult attention span is only 8.25 seconds. Can you believe that? Isn't that crazy? Our attention span can be affected by the presence of distractions in the environment. And I know this is true because when I really want to focus, I have to be intentional about eliminating all distractions. And that often means turning off the radio, silencing my cell phone, or not even having it in the same vicinity. God knows we live in a high-tech society with gadgets that are constantly ringing, buzzing, chiming, and vying for our attention. What do you do when you get distracted and your head starts spinning and you feel the anxiety rising? Stop. Call on the Lord and ask Him to help you to refocus your thoughts. There are so many scriptures that instruct us in this mental exercise. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Philippians 4.8 says, We are to fix our thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, and lovely. Proverbs 4.25 says, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. All three of those verses use the same word. Did you catch it? It's the word fix. We are to fix. That means to attach or to position ourselves. It means that we need to cling to Jesus and picture him right beside us. 1 Samuel 36 says, When David was greatly distressed, he encouraged himself in the Lord. That means David rehearsed what he knew to be true about God. What do you know to be true about the Lord? Remind yourself of his character. He's faithful, kind, and gracious. He loves me. He's not the author of confusion, but the Prince of Peace. He's my good shepherd that will lead, guide, and protect me. You see, the Bible tells us what our minds should be thinking about, what our eyes should be looking at, and what our mouths should be speaking. Most people will be celebrating this time of year. But as believers, we don't want distractions or busyness to take away from the significance of the season. Throughout the Old Testament scriptures, God's people were given the promise of a future Messiah that would bring hope and deliverance. And many missed Jesus because they were either distracted or they missed him because of difficult circumstances. When Jesus came the first time, life was difficult under Roman occupation, and most people just plodded along trying to make a living. Things were spiritually dark for Israel in those days. And life can be dark and difficult in our day as well. There's political and racial tension, economic concerns, conflicts at home and abroad. But there's also personal battles that each one of us are waging today. I think everyone is going through something, various trials, albeit to different degrees. With all the unrest, turmoil, and suffering in the world, it could be difficult to celebrate. We can even feel guilty being happy when others are hurting. But as believers, we can experience true joy in the midst of the hardest circumstances because of our hope in Jesus. Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come to give you life and that more abundantly. He's come to give us the fullness of life. If you're in a dark place because of depression, sorrow, or loneliness, he is the light of the world. May God's light and truth shine in those dark places and give you hope. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. 
He promises that one day he will make all things right. We need to continue to trust him and to cry out to him. Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and he heard my cry, and he lifted me out of the pit of despair. God's word tells us not to fret or worry, but to pray. Let petitions and praises shape our worries into prayers, letting God know our concerns. We're to cast all our cares and anxieties on him. The Bible says that as we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. God doesn't leave us, but we can get carried away with worry and hardship. We can take our eyes off Jesus and his character and focus on the difficulties we're facing, and that removes us from the peace that is found in his presence. During this time of year, even the best of us can feel the pressure over presents, gift-giving, right? What presents to buy and what presents to give to others and what presents we'd like to receive. The greatest present truly is his presence. Knowing that he is with us, walking beside us, going before us, and dwelling within us is an incredible, indescribable, and incalculable gift. Psalm 1611 says that in his presence is fullness of joy. If you're feeling stretched and stressed right now, let that be a sign that you need to slow down. And you might be thinking, well, that's the problem, Melanie. I don't have the time. Then you need to make the time. Because if you don't, you'll burn out or you'll forfeit the intimacy you could have with Jesus. The Lord is so gracious. He will give you as much of himself as you want. If you spend five minutes with him, he will meet with you. Be still and know that he is God. I'm talking to many of you who are having difficulty with time and scheduling. But there's some of you who are listening that are facing unbelievably hard trials that reach beyond just December's busyness. Perhaps it's a chronic illness or a recent diagnosis or heartbreak from a strained or broken relationship. And those trials are keeping you from experiencing the joy of Christmas. Can I remind you that Jesus is your refuge? Run to him and be safe. Let him strengthen you and comfort you. He promises that his grace is sufficient for you. Grab hold of that grace for today. He says that these present troubles you're facing right now can't compare to the glory that's in your future. May the hope and reality of heaven draw you close to his heart right now. Don't let difficult circumstances cause you to miss Christ in Christmas. Don't let distractions cause you to miss Christ in Christmas. And lastly, don't let God's delays, which can cause disappointment, make us miss Christ in Christmas. Don't miss Jesus because of delays. And don't interpret God's delays as disappointments. You know, when Jesus came the first time, many people missed it because they got tired of waiting for the promised Messiah. So many years had gone by since they heard the message of the promised deliverer who was to come. 400 years of silence, to be exact. That's a long time to wait. I think apathy took the place of anticipation. People were in survival mode, trying to make the most of their situations, not really looking for the Savior. The situation we find ourselves in today is not unique. The same way the people of God were to be waiting for the Advent, the coming of a Savior on that first Christmas, we too 
are to be waiting for his second advent when Jesus comes again. We must not grow weary in the waiting. Waiting can be hard, though. Psalm 62.1 says, I wait quietly before God. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I shall never be shaken. Dare to believe that God is working while we wait. When we wait in trust, looking and depending on Him, it creates stability in our souls. God is working even when we can't see it. Distractions, discouragements, and delays were the reasons many people missed His first advent. We don't want those same things to rob us from being ready for His second advent. Did you know that Jesus is coming to earth again? He is! We've been waiting for the return of Christ for a long time. Just like the people of God in the Old Testament were waiting and often questioning whether God was going to keep His promise in sending the Messiah, we too can look at the world around us and have those same questions. God, do you see how bad things are getting down here? Are you going to bring justice, deliverance, and peace one day? And the answer is yes. We serve a covenant-keeping God who is faithful. Just as he promised, Jesus Christ, born in the manger in Bethlehem, crucified on the cross of Calvary, risen again from the dead, is coming back again. 2 Peter 3, verses 3 through 4 says, I want to remind you that in the last days there will come scoffers who will do every wrong thing they can think of and laugh at the truth. This will be their line of argument. So Jesus promised to come back, did he? Well, then where is he? He'll never come. Why, as far back as anyone can remember, everything has remained exactly as it was since the first day of creation. But let me remind you, we are living in those last days, which means the time between Jesus' ascension till the time that he returns. Scoffers are those who deny the truth of Scripture, who mock Christ and oppose the gospel. They refuse to believe the word of God. But we know that God is sovereign. The same way he came in the fullness of time during the first advent, we can be sure he'll be coming again. In light of his return, what are some things we can be doing while we wait? Well, we need to be a witness. Let those twinkling Christmas lights serve as a reminder that we too need to be shining our lights for Jesus. There's a world that's watching. May they see our joy and our hope. And while we wait, we worship. One of the ways that the word worship is translated in the Bible is to serve and minister. Most of us think of worship as songs we sing, and that certainly is worship. But worship is also that meal you make, the time you take to listen to someone who's hurting, that financial help you give to someone who's lacking. Worship is a lifestyle. It's living your life to the glory of God. I don't want to miss out on any opportunities God has for me. You know, a lot of us have FOMO, you know the term, the fear of missing out. As believers, our greatest fear should be missing out on Christ this Christmas. Have you heard of the term JOMO? JOMO means the joy of missing out. And I want the joy of missing out on the world's way of celebrating Christmas apart from Christ. I want to miss all the commotion, commercialism, and drama that comes with the holidays. Can I end our time together with a challenge? 
For the next few days, let's be intentional about prioritizing Jesus, sitting at his feet, hearing his voice, receiving his love, recognizing his presence, speaking his name, worshiping him with singing and with serving, and making him the guest of honor at our gatherings. Let's do this so we don't miss Christ in Christmas. And as we celebrate his first advent, may we be reminded to wait and hope for when he comes again. God bless you, ladies.